Hello, here we go again. Another podcast episode, another Sunday, and we're well into February, which is good. Now, notes. Hang on, let me look at my notes, as always. Got some audio from Jim in Vancouver. Hello, Jim. Thanks for that. Chris from the US. He says, we do have walk-in clinics here. I think that's Chris when I was talking about, what was it? Um, doctors and stuff. Oh, that's right. In the old days, we used to walk in. And uh, doctors as well, you've got where you can walk in. But of course, it's all private over there, isn't it, Chris? Mind you, our dentists here are all private now. I've spent nearly £3,000 in the last couple of years between us, Trish and I. It's ridiculous. People just can't afford it. Anyway, there we are. Let's move on. I've got some bird song for you. Just have a little listen to this bird song. It's rather nice. Well, I think it's calming. I know a lot of you go out on a a country walk or, you know, wherever you go, you, you put your headphones on. They're not called headphones. I called them earbuds the other day. I was talking to my son over there in North Carolina and I said earbuds and he said, what? (laughs) Earbuds? I said, well, Leo, headphones. And he said, no, they're ear pods. Is it pods? (laughs) He laughed. I don't know what they are. In the old days, they were headphones. Anyway, have a quick listen to the bird song. It's absolutely lovely. That was recorded up at uh, where Trisha's uncle, aunt and uncle live. Uh, They live on a farm at the back of Arundel in West Sussex. Really nice. We went up there. I did one of my outside broadcast recordings, but I hadn't, (laughs) again, I hadn't got the level right. And there's wind and stuff going on. I don't know. I've, I've got to get these levels, the audio levels right. Sometimes it's too loud. Sometimes it's too quiet. But it was lovely up there. I thought while I was up there, I was looking over the, from their garden, you can look over the fields and there's the River Arran, which is down in the valley and above and beyond that there's woodland. And I thought, do you know, a thousand years ago, maybe 2000 years ago, anyone standing there where I was, it obviously wasn't their garden at the time, they would have seen more or less exactly what I was seeing. You can't, can you have more or less and it's either exactly or it isn't. Okay, so more or less what I was seeing, forget the exactly. The river would have been there, the River Arran, that would have been there. How long have rivers been there? That's a thought, isn't it? I wonder how long the River Arran has been there. The other river we've got is uh, just past, or just next to Shoreham Airport. That's the River Ada. But the Arran, with all the woodland behind it, that's exactly, no, sorry, that's more or less what people in those days would have seen. Probably more than, I don't know, what was more than 2,000, say three, four, five thousand years ago? They weren't dinosaurs then, were they? No, they went ages ago, millions of years ago. So people would have seen more or less what I was seeing. It just intrigues me, you know, to think that all these years later, had they thought at the time, someone thousands of years' time is going to stand here and look at exactly the same river I'm looking at. I don't know, it's daft, isn't it? Anyway, there we are. I just found that interesting. So in the garden there, because they've got a lot of woodland nearby, there are everything. There's um, pheasants, the hen pheasants as well, peacocks, uh, not peacocks, what am I saying? Of course they haven't got peacocks. Woodpeckers, robins of course, sparrows of course, all the birds, chaffinch, 
blue tit, great tit, you name it, they've got it. All the I don't know all the different birds, but uh, her uncle would say, oh, look, that's a so-and-so and that's other. And it's just fantastic. They've got bird feeders everywhere. They're really well into it. They've got bird feeders all around the garden. And it, the garden is just full of birds. It was a little bit quiet when I went out with the recorder because, of course, all the birds cleared off. They thought, what's this old bloke want and cleared off? But some of them came back, so I did get a little bit of the bird song, which was good. Now, on to the next thing. This is all about window cleaning. <laughs> That's boring, I think. Now, don't turn off yet. Don't switch off and go to sleep or go up the pub. Just have a listen to my little tale about, about when I cleaned windows. That's a song, isn't it? When I'm cleaning windows. Have a listen to this. I've got to tell you a quick story about window cleaning. Uh, that's why I've called this one. Well, not confessions of a window cleaner, but <laughs> it's to do with window cleaning. A couple of lads I knew set up their own window cleaning round. It was all bungalows. They did like heights, a bit like me. Don't like heights. And they did quite well. They had a load of bungalows that they had all their exercise book. They'd written all the names and addresses and the prices and the days that they called on the people. They did well. Now, I was self-employed repairing radios, as, as I've done most of my life. And they said, oh, we need a week off. We're fed up with all this work. We need a week off. Do you want to do the round for us for a week? And I initially, I said, no, 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 no. They go, well, I'll give you, you know, go 50-50. And I said, no. I said, for a start, if I'm doing your window cleaning round, I want more than 50%. Oh, well, 60-40, you, know, you have 60. And I said, no. And I, I thought I could do with a, a bit of fresh air. It was a lovely summer. I thought it'd be nice to get out in the fresh air for a week. So I said, I'll tell you what, 80, 20, 80% me, 20, oh, oh, we'd only get 20%. I said, well, take it or leave it. They took it, gave me the exercise book, and I went and did this round. Now, in the book, there were about six bungalows on the Monday, about five or six on Tuesday. And I was thinking, this is a bit silly. I'm, you know, popping out in the morning, doing half a dozen bungalows, and that's it. Why not? get them all done in one day, perhaps Mondays and Tuesdays, condense them all to Monday. Anyway, I didn't say anything to them. I did the round and I gave them, I think I took about 100 quid, I think. Can't remember the exact figure. Well, say it was 100. I gave them 20 pounds and they said, oh, do you want to do next week? So I said, no, I can't. I've got my own work to do. I said it was nice being out of the fresh air. Oh, well, we're going to give up the round. So I said, well, why? Oh, they couldn't be bothered. Oh, well, we've got other things to do and all this nonsense. Basically, they couldn't be bothered. They were lazy. So I said, well, I'll have the round. Oh, you want to buy it? I said, no, 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 I'm not buying it. Anyway, in the end, I said, look, there's 20 quid. Give me the exercise book. It's my round. <laughs> I didn't want to be a window cleaner. I had no intention of becoming a window cleaner. But I just thought this is interesting, you know. It's fresh air. It's a beautiful summer, I'm outside, and it gave me a break from my radio work. Before starting the round for the, on the second week, I, that weekend I went to all the houses on the list, and I spoke to all the people, and I said, look, I'm changing the, the day I do your windows, okay? I told them I'd taken over the round. I said, I'm changing the day, it's all too spread out. For example, I'm doing yours on a Thursday, and I've got to come back Friday and do your neighbour across the road. So I'm trying to condense everything. And most of them were fine with that. The majority were fine. One or two I had to keep at the same day, which didn't matter. So I condensed 
what was basically a a three-week round into a week. So let's say there were five bungalows to do on a Monday. I had 15 to do. Now that might sound quite a lot, but not really, because if it's the work you're doing, that is your day's work. Clean the windows on 15 bungalows and you've got all day, say eight hours. Well, that's easy. Surely you can do that. I managed to do it and I did very well. I'd given my phone number to everyone in case there was a problem. They wanted to contact me. And I was getting phone calls from neighbours, these people's neighbours. Can you do my windows? You're doing my neighbours. Can you do mine? And this round was building up and I was getting behind with the radio work. I was working evenings and weekends on the radios, which was my main source of income. I didn't want to let that go. Also, with the, the winter ahead of me, there was no way I was going out in the wind and the rain and the, the snow and the ice. So I built up this round which was becoming quite a problem, very profitable, but a problem. Now, my neighbour's son next door, he just passed his driving test. He left school. He was looking around for a job. And I said, look, do you want to do the round? Oh, yeah, great. He liked that. He liked that idea. So I showed him the exercise book. I took him round with me to a few of the bungalows on the, the next day, showed him the exercise book, what he had to do, showed him how to do it all. And he loved it. We went 50-50 initially, and he loved it. After a a few weeks, I said to him, look, don't worry about 50-50. You have the round, okay? It's all yours. Oh, are you sure? I said, yes, yeah, yeah. I didn't want any money for it. I was really busy with my work. I gave him the round. Within a few months, he bought a van. He knocked on my door, said, come and see what I've got. I went out the front. He got a van. He bought a van. Had it signed, written with his name, window cleaner. And he did really well. After about a year or so, I think he was employing five or six people. So a bit of an entrepreneur. So isn't that funny how things work out? From meeting the lads in the pub, the lazy lads, oh, can't be bothered to clean windows, to meeting this lad, who was a real get-up-and-go type character, and he did get up and go, and he made a real go of it. I don't know what he's doing now. He probably owns a dozen huge office block window cleaning companies or something but great though good luck to him it was fun I enjoyed doing the windows in the summer beautiful weather I was in my shorts and t-shirt I got quite a tan and I remember people saying oh it's all right for you you work outside we're back to the self-employed thing oh it's all right for you you're out in the sun all day I'm stuck in an office (laughs) you can't win honestly when you're self-employed you can't win I'll tell you a little bit more about window cleaning later. I met someone. I met a girl, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, Right, okay, Jim from Vancouver. Nice to hear from you. Let's go over to Jim. Hello, Ray. Jim from Vancouver, BC here, or formerly from Rayleigh and Essex. Do you remember back in the 60s, the old paraffin heaters, or did you have a paraffin heater? My dad used to send me up to the hardware shop with two-gallon cans. They used to have an SO Blue paraffin machine outside the shop and you put your half a crown in or whatever pull button a and fill up the in the inner chamber and then button b to empty it into a can two two gallon cans i used to carry back cutting into my fingers all the way one time there was a hole in the bottom of one of the cans and there was a line all the way from the so blue machine to our house about a 20 minute walk do you remember the so blue advert they asked me how i knew It was S.O. Blue, I of course replied, with lower grade smoke gets in your eyes. Boom, 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 S.O. Blue. Do 
Just my memory from the 60s. Bye for now. Well done, Jim. Nice to hear from you from Vancouver. Of course, I remember S.O. Blue. Nice bit of singing there. Nice singing voice. Like Jerry the other day singing. <laughs> we'll have to have a singing competition. I won't uh, join, though, because I'll lose. Yeah, I do remember the S.O. Blue advert. There was also pink paraffin. I remember the pink paraffin adverts. Did they have the pink panther with them? I can't remember. Long time ago. Paraffin, of course, back then. Yes, we had a paraffin heater in the bedroom. Imagine that these days. Stone the crows. A paraffin heater that was left on all night for us kids in the bedroom. A friend of mine had a paraffin heater in his bedroom when he was a kid. And one morning he woke up. He had a terrible headache. The heater had gone out. Terrible headache. What had happened? The room had run out of oxygen. The heater, you know, the, the flame had taken up all the oxygen and he awoke up with a terrible headache and oh it was awful because he had the windows shut of course in the winter the door shut with do you remember the sausages they used to put along under the doors or by the door big sausage dog thing I think they called them it was basically a long cloth sausage stuffed full of whatever <laughs> a draft excluder and the the heater just burnt all the oxygen out of the room Fortunately, he survived to tell the tale, but uh, thank you for that, Jim. Paraffin heaters, stone the crows, pink paraffin, SO blue. I remember all that. I remember going over to the ironmongers with a can and he'd fill it up. Lovely days. Email from Roy. Hello, Roy. How are you? Hope you're well. You're in the UK, although I don't know where. Roy's talking about ifs and buts. Now, you know the sort of thing he means... Had I not gone to that particular spot on the beach in 1964 on that summer afternoon, I wouldn't have bumped into so-and-so, a friend of mine, who I hadn't seen for ages, went back to his place, met his sister, who I went out with and ended up marrying. Do you see what I mean? Ifs and buts had I not gone to the beach. I mean, I just made that up. I didn't meet... <laughs> I didn't meet Trisha through some chap on the beach as her brother, because she hasn't got a brother for a start. But you get the idea. Roy's question is, or was, have I had anything that I could look back on and wish it had happened the way it had or hadn't happened the way it had, if you see what I mean? Um, that's a good one, Roy. It, it's like saying, isn't it, if you had your life again, what would you change? I really don't know what I would change if anything it's difficult isn't it I suppose we all make mistakes that's the thing but we learn from mistakes it's no good living life never making a mistake never knowing a dull moment everything's perfect you know you don't learn anything from that I don't think anyway what would I change I don't know Roy I don't think I'd change anything a friend of ours he has been what's he on now his second marriage and he has often said, oh, he wishes he'd met his second wife first, if you see, you're not had the, the first wife first. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean. But we've said to him, if you hadn't met your first wife and been with her for a few years, you wouldn't have had your son and your daughter by her. He's also got a, a son uh, by the second wife. You could look at it that way. Had he met his second wife first, his son and daughter wouldn't exist. And they've got children. So he's a grandfather. He wouldn't have them. And so it goes on. 
and I believe one of them is, is shortly getting married, so he will have possibly great-grandchildren. It's all ifs and buts. If he hadn't met his first wife, all that would be out of the window. So I don't know. I suppose, would I change anything? Well, I wouldn't have started smoking when I was 15. I think that's one thing I'd change. I started smoking when I went to work. Everyone in the radio and TV workshop smoked. Oh, all bar one, and his name was Ray. Everyone smoked except this one chap. And he really was the odd one out. Out of, well, there were dozens, what, 30 of us, 40 of us, TV engineers. Quite a, a big setup I worked for. And I'm pretty certain, no, no, maybe there were two. But it was really unusual for someone not to smoke. Whereas these days, it's really unusual to find someone that does smoke. So yes, I would have perhaps not started smoking. That would be one thing. I suppose little things, there must be a lot of little things I would change if I look back, but I don't know. So there we are, Roy. You didn't say whether you would have changed anything or not. You've just asked me. Uh, right, let's get on to this. Shall we get on to this window cleaner girl that I met? Well, no, she wasn't the window cleaner. I was this girl I met on the window cleaning round. Can you believe it? I was a window cleaner. Only for, what was it, a few weeks, couple of weeks, whatever. But I was actually a window cleaner. I tell you what, I drove taxis once. I don't quite know how it came about. I had a, a few weeks off work. I forget why that was. Anyway, I drove a taxi. A friend of mine said, oh, we need someone at our place. A taxi driver. And he said, have you got a clean license? I said, yes. And he said, well, why don't you come and do it? And I said, no, no, I, I can't do that. I've, you know, I've got other things to do. And he said, well, just do it to help us out for a few weeks, which I did. <laughs> and it was... What was it? It was quite good fun, I suppose, meeting various people. I didn't like nights, I only did days. I did a couple of evenings, which I didn't like. People coming out of pubs drunk and things like that. I didn't like that at all. And there was one chap, he came over to me and he said, can you take me to London? And I, I was just about to finish. It was early evening. And I said, no, sorry, I'm about to finish. So I got on the radio and I said, I've got a chap here who wants to go to London. One of the other lads came out and took him. When I saw him the next day, I said, uh, oh, William, was that OK? He said, no, it wasn't. He got out of the car in London and did a runner. He didn't get paid. <laughs> I was sort of funny. But I would have thought he was an experienced taxi driver. And I would have thought he'd at least he'd take the money first or at least half of it or something. I don't know. But I, I didn't question him. I, I just found it quite funny. And also, I was very pleased that I hadn't taken him. I mean, I didn't want to go to London early evening. I wouldn't be back till late. Couldn't be bothered with all that. I remember one early evening. Again, I was about to finish pouring with rain. And a bunch of girls. Can you say a bunch of girls? I don't know, about four or five girls wanted to go to some club. And I picked them up from this house. I didn't get out of the car because as I pulled up outside, they came out of the front door and uh, it was lashing with rain and I didn't, I should have got out of the car, you know, and opened the doors for them. Uh, if I were a gentleman, well, I was a gentleman, but it was raining. Anyway, the back door, they couldn't open it, it was locked. So in the end, they're saying, we can't get in, lashing with rain. I had to get out and they were saying, what sort of taxi driver are you? And I said, well, I'm not really a taxi driver. I shouldn't have said that because they're all bundling in the car saying, well, who are you then? What are, you? are you a taxi driver? I said, yeah, I am. But, you know, I'm not. I'm just doing it <laughs> temporarily. And I was saying, well, where do, where do you want to go? They said some club in Littlehampton. 
I didn't know where it was. I said, well, where's that? Of course, it all ended up quite a laugh, actually. I had good fun with them. And I found the club in the end. They said, you won't be picking us up, will you? I said, you're joking. I'm, I'm going home. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it did have its its fun side. Uh, it was only, I only did it for a few weeks. I don't think I could do that full time for a living. This is the, the scenario. I'm cleaning the windows on this bungalow. I'd done the front and I went round to the back to do the back windows and there's this girl in the garden not not in the bikini sadly but there's this girl in the back garden sitting there reading a magazine and had a glass of orange juice and she said oh hello who are you I said I'm the window cleaner again I, I wasn't a window cleaner I didn't say that to her but I, I should have said oh, I'm not the window cleaner really and she would have said well who are you anyway I said I'm the window cleaner just got to do the back she said oh okay so I did the back window. She said, do you want a glass of orange? It was a lovely hot day. This, that was a lovely summer. It wasn't the summer of 76. It was before that. Goodness knows when. I had no good asking me. I can't remember. I'd finished the windows and she said, do you want to sit down and have your drink? And I said, no, I've got another couple of bungalows to do. Then I'm finished. She said, well, go and do those and come back. So I said, uh, OK. I thought, this is rather good. She's a rather nice looking girl. Seems friendly. So off I went, finished the last two bungalows and went back. And I spent the, what did I get there? About three in the afternoon, four in the afternoon. I spent the rest of the afternoon there and the evening. Her parents were away on holiday. It was their bungalow. And we had a few drinks. She got the beers out. <laughs> then she said, do you want dinner? And I said, yeah, I must get off actually. I've got to get home for dinner. Oh, I'll do dinner. She said, I can do that. So I spent the evening there. I won't go any further than that, but I did go out with her for quite a while, actually, on that. Uh, now, there's an if and but. Now, had I not taken on the window cleaning round, there you go, Roy, there's a good one. I wouldn't have met her, would I? Funnily enough, had I not met her, I wouldn't have met my next girlfriend. Anyway, I'm not going into that, uh, how I met a string of... No, they weren't a string of girlfriends. What am I saying? But it's all ifs and buts, isn't it? So it's all interesting looking back. You've only got to go to one place once, say a pub or a club or down the beach, wherever, clean someone's windows, meet them in the back garden, and a whole series of events begins. Or if you didn't go there, had I not cleaned the windows on that bungalow, that series of events wouldn't have begun. <laughs> it's interesting. I think it's interesting anyway. Now that girl, talking of that girl that I met in the back garden, reminds me of something I was thinking about at the music weekend at Butlins last weekend. We were there, sitting at our table, and I'm people watching. The couple I were with, the lady, she said, oh, I love people watching. And I said, yeah, I do. Fantastic. They're all walking past us, coming into the venue. We were fairly near the entrance. And they're all dressed at different shapes and sizes, some short, some tall, dressed differently. And it's amazing. We're looking at each other. Oh, look at that one. Look at her over there. Oh, look, look at him. There was one girl that walked in and she was wearing what I would call a frock. Do you remember frocks in the old days? Do they call them frocks now? Or are they just dresses? A lot of the girls had jeans, short skirts, long skirts, tops of various description. And this girl came in. She was very plain, very attractive, very plain and wearing a frock. No makeup. She had fairly long auburn type hair straight, not done up in curls or anything weird, just straight long hair, ordinary shoes and this frock, slightly above the knee, not ridiculously short or anything. 
and she looked really pretty. And I remember thinking, in the old days, girls wore frocks, especially you know, when I was at school. The, the school girls, they wore frocks and things and white socks. It's all changed. I mean, you don't wear white socks now when you're older, but you know what I mean? When you're at school, the girls all had their white socks and their, their frocks and the boys had shorts in the primary school. Shorts. God, I hated the shorts. They were awful. Anyway, so this girl I met in the garden when I was window cleaning, the first thing that struck me about her all those years ago, she was wearing a frock. And that is when they had not gone out of fashion, but they were being replaced really by jeans, flares, you know, all that sort of thing. The flares, the, the hipsters are just, because the hipsters were 60s and the flares really, but they went into the 70s. But the window girl, I call her the window girl. <laughs> she wore this frock and she looked really nice in it. What is the difference between a frock and a dress? I must have a look. It's, when you keep saying a word, it, it becomes weird, doesn't it? Frock. You keep saying frock. It, it becomes like a strange thing. I don't know. But I do like, in fact, there were two girls at Butlin's. I saw her and later on I saw another girl in a frock and she looked lovely. There we are. You don't have to have all these weird outfits and, I don't know, midriff. What is it? Midriff all hanging out. <laughs> I was going to say midriff bulge then. <laughs> I better not say that. But, you know, bare, bare middles and, I don't know, all the tops hanging out and stuff. None of that's necessary, is it? I like frocks. I'm a frock man. No, I can't say I'm a frock man. You'll be thinking I'm trans. I'm going to put a frock on. No, no, no. I would not look good in a frock. But now here's the thing. Here's the thing. I did go out a few years ago dressed as a schoolgirl. Right, calm down. Don't switch off. <laughs> it was a fancy dress thing. Trish went as a... Uh, what did she go? She went as a schoolgirl. Her sister went as a schoolboy. So I went as a schoolgirl. I had this skirt, a, a shirt, a white shirt, which was like a blouse, and a tie, all undone, sort of St Trinian's, you know. And uh, I had this long blonde wig and a blazer and uh, a satchel and this <laughs> this skirt, this pleated skirt. What did I have on my feet? I can't remember what I had on my feet. And I had... <laughs> This suspender belt under the skirt. Honestly, I've got a photograph. I'm not showing you. <laughs> and we went to this fancy dress. And the funny thing is, there were several girls there that wanted photographs taken with me. Not people I knew, just other girls at the fancy dress do. They came out to me, oh, can we have a photo? So there's treasure taking photos of me with these other girls. They're all around me and clinging on to me. And it was fun. I don't know, why, why did they want to do that? Some bloke wear, dressed up wearing a, a schoolgirl's uniform. <laughs> I don't know. It was good fun. Of course, I've never been allowed to live that down. And well, why not? It was a brilliant evening. Good fun. There's one little bit more to that story. Trish obviously didn't have a skirt that fitted me because <laughs> I'm a lot bigger than she is. So she went to buy one. She went into this shop. I wasn't with her, I hasten to add. And apparently she said to the girl or whatever in there, I, I want a skirt. And the, the woman said, yeah, OK, um, what sort of size? And she's looking at uh, Trish. And Trish said, no, it's for my husband. And apparently the girl's face, she was shocked 
So, oh, uh, uh, for, for your husband. And then Trish explained, it's all right, it's fancy dress, don't worry. But yeah, I should have been there. I'd love to have seen that, actually. So that was uh, the girl. I don't know what she must have thought. Oh, it's for my husband. He wants a skirt. <laughs> oh, dear. Happy days. If I sound a bit croaky, I've been breathing in cement dust. It's not good, actually. Cement, lime and whatever's in it, dust. I've been laying some bricks in the back garden. The sun's out. I haven't done the weather forecast, have I? Sorry, not the forecast, the uh, weather report. Well, I'll tell you now, it's about 10 degrees, which is quite nice. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. I'll have to look that up if I remember in a minute. About 10 degrees, blue sky, sunshine. Mind you, at night, it's still minus one, minus two, which is what, 32 Fahrenheit, isn't it? Zero centigrade, 32 Fahrenheit. There's a bit of a breeze from the west. I can see the flag going over there. So I don't know what the barometer is. I'm, I'm not sort of organised today. I've been out there bricklaying. And when I pour the cement into the, the bucket to mix it up, it all puffs up like steam. And <clears throat> I think I must have breathed some in. Not good to breathe in cement and lime dust, is it really? Anyway, I've done the first row of breeze blocks. They're called building blocks now, I believe. I'm making a raised border. I won't go into that now because uh, otherwise you will switch off. Marmite on toast with beans. How about this? I was saying to my brother-in-law the other day, when we were at Butlin's actually, we went into this restaurant place and he said, the chaps, oh no, we haven't got this. Oh, can we have that? No, we haven't got that. It's off. Oh, okay, we'll go for that then. No, we haven't got that. That's off. And I said to my brother-in-law, I like beans on toast. You know, why can't they do beans on toast? And I said, a spoonful of Marmite mixed in with the beans as they're warming on the on the cooker. And he said, no, what I do, and I haven't tried this yet, he said, I make the toast, put the Marmite on, on the toast, then pour the beans on top. So it's beans on Marmite on toast. Lovely, and even better, a poached egg on top of that. So that's a good idea. I haven't tried that yet. Marmite, that's the, the stuff you love or hate, isn't it? Now, in Australia, you've got... Vegemite, haven't you? I have tried Vegemite. I'm not going to say which I prefer because I'll cause trouble. No, actually, they're, I, they're different. I don't say I prefer one or the other. I like them both. They're slightly different. So it's they're not chalk and cheese exactly, but there is a, a, a marked difference between the two. And I do like both of them. A couple of people to say hello to. Hello, Janet. Haven't heard from you for a while. Janet has stopped sending her what shall I call them, her emails, <laughs> her rude, her raunchy emails. She's had a spot of trouble and she's OK. She's uh, she's coming back, as she puts it. She will be back in her old her old self before long. Hello to Mark over there in Dublin. It is Dublin, isn't it, Mark, in Ireland? I think you're in Dublin. Hello to you. Weather forecast I've done. Now, what's next? I, I've, I've got some notes here somewhere. Isn't it awful? Every time I think I'm really organised. I've got a pad here and it says, hang on, let's put it over here in the light where I can see it. It says podcast notes. And I've got down here Marmite on toast, frocks. Hello, Mark. <laughs> Weather forecast. <laughs> Butlins. And I think I've gone through everything on my uh, list of, of bits and pieces there. So that's good. We're off to Butlins, that's Butlins Bogner down here on the south coast of the UK. We're off, look it up on the map. <laughs> We're off to Butlins again uh, a few weeks time, I can't remember when. We're going with number two daughter 
and her son, so our seven-year-old grandson. So that'll be interesting. That'll be good. It'll be totally different, you know, obviously to the adult music weekends. There won't be all the boozing and the loud music. I'm quite looking forward to it, actually. It, hopefully it'll be quite relaxing. It's not, not that the music weekends aren't relaxing. It's just that they're all go. It's just non-stop. And I, you know, I do like to sit down and have a rest now and then. So I'm really looking forward to that. Then, of course, later on in the year, we're going to the Isle of Wight for a week. We always do that. We, we often go twice to the Isle of Wight, which I like. It's only down the road. So that's good. I hope the weather's good for that. And the rest of the year, I'm here at home and I really want to get on with the garden. So have I mentioned that, yes, you know, the rabbits died. They passed away and gone up to the, the big field in the sky where they can hop about. Now, they've crossed the Rainbow Bridge, isn't it? The Rainbow Bridge. So now our garden, I'm getting it all back to how it was. Get rid of the huge outside run that we had. There was grass in there. It's just all mud. Well, I've now put turf down, so it's grass again. Their huge hutch, all that's gone. I'm just redoing the whole garden, basically. So we're going to grow some vegetables. We've decided so far on, well, we always grow tomatoes. We're going to do radish, beetroot, onions, uh, spring onions, and a load of other stuff. So that'll be interesting. Now, going back to the old days, as you know, in the old days, we all grew our own vegetables. We all grew our own stuff after the war. I was, what, born in 51, so brought up in the 50s with a, a vegetable garden. Oh, we had this, didn't we? It was in America saying the, they talk about a garden. That's the, the vegetable. Is it the kitchen garden? I can't remember now. Someone mentioned the vegetable garden. A garden is what they call where they have herbs and sort of food stuff for the kitchen. So yes, I'm going to grow a lot of stuff like they used to in the old days. We haven't got a huge garden, so I can't do peas and gooseberries. They're nice, grown on your own land. They're really nice. Tomatoes we will do, courgettes, things like that. Not going to do cucumbers because our greenhouse is gone. And you really, well, tomatoes need a greenhouse, really. Anyway, you're not into gardening, are you? So I won't ramble about that. But I'm really looking forward to that. I just hope we have a good summer. I've got a note here, tap spanner. My mum's tap, one of her taps in her bathroom, twists round and I've got a tap spanner somewhere, I can't find it, but that's just reminded me of something. Setting up business in the old days, in the 60s and the 70s, setting up business was relatively easy, but also successful. Whatever you did, it was successful. I remember a chap down the road, he was a plumber. I mean, I'm talking of the window cleaning round, that was set up. I got that up and running really well and moved that on to the, the lad that uh, lived a few doors away down the road. The plumber that lived a few doors away from me when I was in the well, in the 50s, so I was, what, 10 years old, something like that, early 60s. He was always busy. That was in the days where no double glazing. People had water tanks in the loft, pipes froze. They always had burst pipes and leaks in the winter. He was always busy. And a chap that my dad knew was an electrician, self-employed electrician. He was always busy fixing people's switches that broken down and replacing sockets, adding a new socket somewhere in their house, new PowerPoint somewhere, fitting up outside lights. He was always busy. And from what I remember, whatever business people would set up in the 1960s, I remember a load of self-employed TV engineers. They always made a go of it. They were always successful. I remember one chap... Dennis, his name was. 
Dennis, he left the TV workshop where I was and he went and rented a shop with a flat above it. He lived in the flat above. He had the shop and he repaired tellies. And he did well. He was there for years. And it was only round the corner from where I worked, you know, the main workshop. So he's had, he had pretty stiff competition with us lot round the corner, a big company. But he did it. People went to him. He did a good job. He was a good engineer. And he made a go of it. He eventually retired, of course. There was another chap who had a shop around, well, around the corner from this chap. He did audio stuff. Amplifiers, speakers, uh, you know, tape recorders, record decks, all audio stuff. And he was there for years and years. He's passed away now. But he was there for decades and he did very well. And basically that was part of his house. The, the lounge, the downstairs front room, was the shop. And the back room, uh, what was it? How I'm trying to think how it went. Must have been the dining room was the workshop. So we had the shop, the workshop, <laughs> and he lived out the back was his kitchen and then upstairs bedrooms bathroom and stuff like that he made a right go of it he, he did really well whereas these days there are so many empty shops I don't think anyone I don't think it's a good idea if anyone's going to open a shop these days the rents are really high electricity prices of course have gone through the roof gas heating insurance all that sort of thing it's just it's just impossible now I think to make a go of it, unless you've got a really niche type market, then possibly the shop. I mean, the shop rents, rents are horrendous. They just kill the business before you even start. You know, as soon as you put open on the door on Monday morning, we well, might as well forget it because you've got all the rent to pay. Basically, you're working for the landlord. It's just not worth it. Unless, of course, as I said, you've got a, a really sort of niche business uh, specialise something that the supermarkets aren't going to muscle you out because they've started doing it. But back then, of course, there weren't supermarkets. Supermarkets these days, they sell everything, don't they? Light bulbs, electrical fittings, clothes. So a real job to start anything up these days. I remember, do you remember the clothes boutiques? Now, this is in the UK. I don't know about abroad. There were boutiques for girls, boutiques for boys. That's when we had girls and boys. <laughs> no, don't stop it. So uh, what was that? Ours was called Squires, one of ours. I forget the girls' boutiques. But in there you had all your flares, your hipsters. This is for the boys, not the girls. <laughs> and the girls had skirts. We didn't wear their skirts. Well, I don't know. No, moving on. It was easy for people to set up a shop, open business, set up the business, selling clothes. Yes, there was competition, but there were so many punters for clothes, so many teenagers of both sexes that they had a, you know, they made a go of it. There, there was no, there wasn't sort of competition as such. There were so many customers. The cake was so big that sharing it between a few shops, it, it was fine. I think the 1960s really was the decade for starting your own business, going self-employed. No matter, well, almost no matter what you did, it would work. A lot of people rented shops. And of course, the people that are a little bit clever, what's the word, savvy, they didn't rent the shop, they bought it. I remember a friend of mine had a shop, he rented it for years and years, and people used to say to him, why don't you buy it? The landlord offered it to him at a good price. I think the landlord just wanted rid of it. And, oh, no, I, I don't know, I don't think so. No, I'll just pay the rent. And of course, later on, he regretted it because rents go up, as they inevitably do. And had he bought the shop, 
the bank would have lent him the money, uh, you know, get a mortgage type thing on the shop. He would have ended up owning it. Then when he retired, he could have rented it to someone else or sold the business with the, the freehold sort of thing of the property. But there we are. There we are. A lot of people just rented them. I know one chap, he, he started, what did he do? Curtains and things. He started curtains. His wife would make them or, or adjust them or whatever. And he ended up in London, he ended up with a dozen or more shops. And each one, he would buy it. Of course, as the business grew, he'd buy another shop. And oh, he ended up a millionaire. Millionaire. How about that? He's gone now. Bless him, he passed away years ago. I don't think they had any children. That must be a shame. I don't know who he would have left all his money to. He was still getting rent in from the shops when he passed away. So I don't know what happened to his wife. But that was the era. That was the decade to make money. The 60s and the 70s to an extent. Whereas these days, I just don't know. They were talking on the telly the other day about the number of empty shops in the high street, as they call it. It's always the high street in Great Britain. The high street needs revamping, it needs redeveloping. People don't go to the high street anymore, there's nothing there. Charity shops, coffee shops, estate agents. Well, was it real estate in America, isn't it? There's nothing else there. The fishmongers have gone, the butchers have gone, the ironmongers have gone, the candlestick maker, the wool shop where they sold wool and knitting needles and patterns to knit things. They've all gone, everyone's gone. <laughs> I don't know. Mind you, a lot of people do work from home these days. As I said in, the, was it last week's episode, wasn't it? People, or was it the week before? Oh, that's the right view. You're self-employed. You don't have to go to work. You just laze around at home. <laughs> Loads of emails and messages about that. Thanks to everyone for that. I'm getting a bit of a sore throat. I hope it's not that cement dust and lime dust I, I breathed in. That's not good. I should... Uh, wear a mask and goggles and all the proper gear, really. There we are. <clears throat> Perhaps I'll have a couple of beers. Oh, it's Friday, isn't it? It's Friday. No, we're not going to the club. It's Where are we? It's half past two, Friday. Trish is out with her sister. They've gone out for lunch. So she said, we're not going to the club because they're having wine with their lunch. So when she gets back here, she won't feel like going out again. Actually, we missed the club last weekend because we were at Butlins anyway. The summer's on the way and it's lovely walking round to the club in the summer. The sunshine, I was going to say shorts. No, I don't wear shorts round there. Some people do. But we've got the summer on the way now, which is nice. One of our local radio amateurs, Radio Ham, we lost one a few days ago. He passed away about a week ago now, I think. So that's one less because the older you get, the more people you know that slip away. What is it? Shake off their mortal coil or something. I hope the tortoise hasn't gone. He's hibernating still. We've got to get him out soon. We've got his area ready. I'm redoing his part of the garden for him. So he, yeah, we don't want him to escape, making a nice area for him. So hopefully he'll be pleased when he does wake up and goes out there. He'll look round and think, oh, this is better. Get rid of those rabbits. I've got more space. <laughs> I don't know. I just hope he does wake up. We weighed him the other day. He's all right. He's losing weight, which is meant to. He's lost, what now, I can't remember, 20 grams or whatever. He's meant to lose weight, obviously, because he's not eating. So his body weight will slowly decrease. So that's good. I think, shall I end it here? It's, what, three quarters of an hour? And I am getting a sore throat. I'll tell you what, where is it? It's Friday. I'll end it here for now, and I'll finish off tomorrow on Saturday. We're going to a 
first birthday party tomorrow. Stone the Crows, where do the years go? It's his second birthday. So we've got a second birthday party to go to, which will be good. That's sort of lunchtime, of course, just a little buffet thing. And then we're back here and I might do some more bricklaying. I know how to live. What an exciting life I lead. It's now Saturday afternoon. Where are we? Ten past three. It's um, 50 degrees Fahrenheit, 10 centigrade out there. Did a little bit more cementing. Went to the two-year-old lad's birthday party, which was fun. And I think I'll now end the, uh, the podcast. Hope you've enjoyed listening. If you want to contact me, it's Ray's rants no it's not what is it yes it is it's ray i don't know what the email address is raise rants at protonmail.com raise rants or one word at protonmail.com i shall see you on wednesday so have a good week and then of course i will see you again next sunday and the evenings are getting lighter it's getting warmer in fact last night the minimum temperature here south coast of the uk was six degrees that's more like it None of this minor stuff. I don't like that at all. Take care and I shall see you on Wednesday for the midweek message. Bye-bye for now.